Welcome to the 276th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on March 17th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's just full of surprises, Carlos Rodella. Yes, and one of them is a surprise game you won't even believe that I'm going to talk about today. You won't believe your ears. You won't believe it, but then you'll believe it because I'm both, I'll be doing it. So it will be a very short period of disbelief followed by belief. <laughs> belief. And you're like, okay. wow, I can't believe you played that game. Excellent, excellent. All right, man. Well, you know, we have a pretty full slate of games today. Lots of stuff to talk about. I say let's just jump right into housekeeping. That cool with you? Yeah. And it's so funny because right before the show, I feel like this happens every week. I DM you and I go, I don't have anything. Or like I have one game or two games. And then a few minutes later, I'm like, wait, I played four games last week. What am I talking about? <laughs> we have a very full show. We have an extremely full show, which is good because we've been kind of light on stuff recently. I mean, I don't know about you. Um, we don't need to derail so early in the show because we haven't even gotten on the rails yet. But, uh, you know, I've been putting a lot of time into Elden Ring. And that game is just like, I mean, possibly the largest game ever created. It's so huge. And it's just really tough to like play anything else because that game will just suck up all the time you have to throw at it and just and want more. Right. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's tough to get time to play other games for the show. We I'm kind of hitting that like podcast content crunch where I want to play Elden Ring, but I need to talk about something other than Elden Ring. So I'm glad that we came up with something for this week. I'm happy about that. Yeah. The Elden Ring cast uh, went well. Thank you everybody for listening to that and giving uh, comments, et cetera. And uh, go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it. It's the last episode. But yeah, like for me, it's Elden Ring and a couple other like Elex too. And like I could just play them forever. Like the rest of the year, legitimately. Forever. Yeah. 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 So uh, we did pull ourselves away and here's some more games this week. Very excited about some of this stuff. It's going to be, I bet, some stuff that people haven't really thought about or maybe don't even know that's out there. So I'm really happy to put some spotlight on something other than Elden Ring since, like, apparently, what, 12 million people bought it that first month? That's bananas. That's bananas. That is bananas. All right. Let's do some housekeeping, folks. As you know, Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape on my side. I have, like, like one thing. Carlos, what do you got on your side? I have uh, one box and one questionable box. The regular a questionable box, box. I love that. Well, because it's floating around. It's got a question mark on it. I'll, I'll get to it. Uh, the other box is just a normal box. Is indie um, a games mentioned at ID at Xbox, which was a recent event. Man, that snuck up on me. I didn't even realize it was happening until you like sent me a DM, and I'm like, oh shit, is that like today? I had like yeah. no idea. I have like a bunch of alerts and like YouTube is where I get a lot of my, you know, updates on what's going on in the gaming world. So it would just came up and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember you wanted to know about this. So I just checked it out. I only have one to talk about four games really quickly. Um, one is and I think I think I know your stance on this, but Sam Barlow, you despise or uh, you're OK? I, no, with? no. I actually haven't played any of his games. I know about them. I've heard about them, but because oh, okay. they were on. PC and iOS primarily, I haven't interacted with them, but I know all about them. They've been spoiled for me seven right, ways from right, Sunday. Right. So yeah. yeah, I played her story originally and I enjoyed it. And I, I think I brought it to the show and yeah, I don't think you had played it. Uh, and then after that, I didn't like some of his other games. I think he's had a couple, I want to say. At least one or two, at yeah. least. So they showed off his new game, which is called Immortality. And it's also like being pitched as a trilogy. So I actually kind of am more interested in it. It seems like really good acting from the trailer, which, again, is huge for these kind of games. 
anything FMV, et cetera, which we'll get to later. I mean, most important, right? It's really? got to be important. Yeah. And so it looked good. Production values looked good. And the idea of it being a trilogy is really interesting to me in more of like, um, I don't want to say Mass Effect, but like some game you get invested in a little bit more. Sure. Than just watching a movie that's interactive. So, and I mean, not her story wasn't like that at all, but um, yeah, I don't know the full mechanics, but I'm interested. It's called Immortality. All right. Well, that's a pretty bold move saying that you're going to do a trilogy right off the bat. I mean, that's it like, is. that's uh, when, you know, that's when you're the, you're at plate, right? And then you're about to get your first pitch. And before you take that pitch, you like point out to like yeah. pass the field, you know, you're, yeah. you're calling your shot like a Babe Ruth kind of thing. You got to have stones to make that kind of move. Yeah. Well, there's the stones. They're throwing. There you go. All right. Sam um, Barlow's got stones. Runic uh, was featured, but it's out, I think, right now on Game Pass. Tunic. Tunic. Tunic is what I meant to say. That's the Maquette's the game. <laughs> uh, it's the Zelda with a little bit of Souls-like in it. Uh, Characters like a cute little fox or something like cute that? Cute little fox. They don't really tell you anything, which is also very Elden Ring and sure. Souls-like. And what's really interesting, and I remember this when I played the demo, is that you unlock like the instruction manual. Oh, wow. And it's in like a different language, so you can't even read like the actual text. Uh, worst collectible ever. But it opens up more and more, and there's like diagrams and, dr- and drawings and stuff. So you can start like to piece together how to play the game. Uh, you know, I don't know how I feel minute. about it. Yeah, let's pause for a minute because I I got to be honest with you, man. I haven't played Tunic. It looks really cute. I downloaded it. It's on Game Pass. So anybody who has Game Pass can download it for free. Yeah, that's a win. So I'm definitely going to try it out. It looks mechanically like my jam. But when I heard about that thing that you just described, the 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 puzzle, it's almost like a, like a collectible puzzle. It reminded me a little bit of like Fez where you're supposed to like yes, jump online and mm-hmm. come compare notes with people and there's like an ARG where you're figuring out what symbols mean and like fuck all of that like that is not my jam yeah um I just I don't want to spend my life trying to figure out instructions and secret stuff and if someone you know a cryptologist out there loves doing that I mean more power to you but for me that's that's more investment than I want to put into a game so that's I'm I'm pretty iffy on that okay I'm sorry but you just derailed me because now I'm gonna talk about Elden Ring for two seconds oh shit just because that's one of the only things that if I didn't go to YouTube and didn't go to these game fact pages um, I wouldn't really have fun with it either like I do like parts of it where I'm discovering new things and new lands I love that that's a huge part for me but not knowing that I had to talk to one person in, that was hidden in a pot because that person could give me a half a medallion so that I can't even get to the next section. I see this is a different thing, though. Like, I think I, I get what you're saying for sure. But to me, like the Fez thing where it's like, OK, here's a bunch of letters that you can't read. And then you have to do like a cryptogram to like substitute letters. And then you need to have like a code and this substitutes the code. And this tells you a thing like that to me is like that's way beyond anything Elden Ring does. Elden Ring is like we don't tell you shit. If you find it, great. If you don't find it, great. You can still play the game and you may miss some stuff, but you can still play. But like this kind of like code, like specifically code breaking kind of stuff. Right. Is what I'm super not down. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I agree with you there, but I would say one more thing to that point. Like literally there's an area that I'm in. Well, I won't spoil. And you can't get to the second part of it unless you do this thing that is very complicated and it is, you have to know what it is. I mean, mean, but it's not, it's not a critical path thing though. No, it is. No, it is. It's 100%. Well, I don't know what we're talking about, so I can't answer that. I just kind of alluded to it without spoiling it. But there's there's something you have to go talk to or a person you have to find, which is not – it's, like, hard to find this person. Well, I just said it. He's inside a pot, which is crazy. (laughs) You have to smash – Already did it. Already found him. Okay, so you know that part, right? Well, what you don't know is that the thing he gives you is imperative to go to another section. And if you don't have it, you can't even go there. 
Sure. I already knew that. It's I already okay. knew that. All right. Figure it out. We're talking about code breaking. I don't like code breaking. That's the take. I agree with you. That. All right. Take. Okay. The other couple games real quick is Chinatown Dick Tech Detective Agency. Looks yeah. really cool. Looks cool. Um, and I just like the representation in that game as well. So really excited about that. And also Cursed Golf was shown off again. Very excited. We're both very excited about. So Psyched for Cursed Golf. Bring me the Cursed Golf. Bring me the Cursed Golf. And then the box that was floating, we kind of already opened because <laughs> it was Elden Ring. <laughs> and it was like, we're not supposed to open that because we already talked about it. But I just want to say one thing about it is that yeah. I finally, uh, I was talking my, with my barista, like I do. Uh, as you do. Yeah. As you do. Because uh, we're coming up with ideas for sketches. And uh, we were talking about Elder Ring, both playing it. And he mentioned, because I was kind of frustrated again, as I am always am. Sure. And he's, he just reiterated the idea of uh, when you can respec, I should do that. And I feel like I haven't done it yet, even though I've unlocked okay. respec. Okay. And the weapon scaling thing. I think I yes. like I understood it, but the fact is I don't I'm not using a weapon that has like weapon scaling to my uh the specific attribute like A. It doesn't match your class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like C or D. And like okay. I feel like either A I need to get another weapon that does have A in that scaling department. Well, like say I'm doing strength. S, S is even better. Or even S. Or I need to, you know, upgrade that uh sword with an Ash of War that makes it that way. Yes. And this is very technical talk. If anybody's listening that understands this, you get it. But I don't even, I've never even touched that realm of like, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, prioritizing and like making sure I have the best grade, like level grade. Sure, sure. Like being very specific about your build, being very specific about the weapons, make sure it syncs up with your build. I mean, it's really, it's really technical character building stuff for sure. Right. So anyways, I think that kind of gave me a spark and like a little shot in the arm today to be like, I was at a wall and I'm like, I'm going to go do that tonight. You know what I mean? Like, that's just going to be my evening. It's like a little bit of respect and like working on weapons. And that's kind of okay. It's weird. I mean, it's necessary, man. Like, that's a real key part of like the soul stuff. I mean, you've got your fashion souls where you want to look cool, but at the same time, you really have to like, and again, you know, the game doesn't handhold you on this. They don't really tell you They expect you to find Find it out for yourself or talk to the community, whatever, whatever. But however you find out, it is it is not necessary. But if you do it, it is a huge boost, right? Like it helps so much. Yeah. I mean, for me, being a magic user in the, in the early game and me, I, like I said in the earlier podcast, I went like 30 hours before I found a single piece of fucking gear that I could use. Uh, but one of the things I did do was I did find an Ash of War that gave my regular sword some intelligence scaling and I was an intelligence character and that made all the difference. Right. So I put that on, it gave my weapon a big boost because I was a smart guy because I'm a magic user and that helped. So doing that kind of thing really can help you play your character more effectively, no matter what kind of character you are. Right. And the respect goes along with it because I've been playing a strength like uh, endurance build. Sure. Um, but I'm not like fully that way because when I played the game, you know what I mean? I dumped points into other places. Mm -hmm. So I need to just like empty those Categories. I mean, you can certainly min max if that's the way that you want to go. Like, I mean, you know, there's like a strength build, there's a dex build, there's, you know, intellect build, there's faith build, there's a quality build, which means you kind of like go half and half between strength and dexterity. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff you can do. And now that you have the respec open, plus you've been playing for a long time, you must have a million swords, a million pieces of armor, a yeah. million ashes. You can just mix and match all that stuff and see what you come up with. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. So there you go. we're talking about Elden Ring again. I apologize. I'm done. Housekeeping for you. I mean, it's going to be Elden Ring for the rest of the year, basically. It really so. is. All right. Um, for me, just one quick thing. I have to say, I've uh, been feeling real negative about life lately. I'm not going to get too far into that because this is kind of a positive show. 
but there's been, you know, I'll get in bed and I'll check Twitter before I go to bed. Don't do that. That's Don't dumb. do that. Don't do that. Don't That's do stupid. That. I went to bed last night and I just saw a couple stories back to back that were both miserable and it just made me lose whatever faith in humanity I left. And I went to bed. I had bad dreams all night. I woke up crabby and tired. Don't do that to yourself. No. But in the midst of all this darkness, there is one bright shining light, which is giving me hope. And that is the toy company Mattel, because they this week, I don't know what it is about this week, but they have been dropping he-Man, Master of the Universe, uh, reveals for the rest of the year. You know I'm a He-Man fan. We've been talking about it lately. Yeah, this is kind of the He-Man podcast. It is becoming the He-Man podcast. Every day this week, they have dropped a huge bombshell of previews and releases for the rest of the year. And man, like every day, I'm like, I wake up in the morning like, oh shit, what are they going to talk about today? What's coming out today? We got to find out what's today's release. That is giving me life. Like that is helping me stay sane and stay alive. And I really appreciate that Mattel is doing that. Very exciting stuff. I mean, they announced uh, a whole bunch of new stuff. A new uh, She-Ra coming out for people who like She-Ra. I think She-Ra is amazing. Uh, They're giving a new Netflix He-Man, like really super detailed and cool looking. And really exciting is, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but they're incorporating um, Sun Man into the line. Have we ever talked about Sun Man before? Mm, I think we have, and I think I was confused. Real briefly, just as a capsule, I think this is a pretty cool story. So back when He-Man was coming out like in 84, 85, Uh, there was a mother who was black, who had a little boy who was interested in action figures. And he said to her, I can't be a superhero. These things are not for me because none of these guys are black. And so that really hit the mom, right? She's like, well, fuck that. I'm going to, I'm going to make some goddamn action figures for you. And they're going to be black and I'm going to make them. So she did. She started a a toy company. She made uh, the hero is Sun Man. He is an African-American black guy. He also had a Latino. Uh, there was also an Asian person, uh, a couple other people on the team. And then they had like the bad guy was like a pig or something. Um, so she made her own action figure line for kids who were black and brown who wanted to see some representation, which is fucking amazing. Cool. Like huge, huge respect, huge props to this lady. Right. So anyway, she was very inspired by He-Man and wanted to have like the, the equivalent of He-Man for kids who were not white. Fast forward 40 fucking years. What happens? She's still around. I don't know what's been happening with her company or what's been happening with her figures, but Mattel, the giant international toy company who makes He-Man, is like, you know what? We're going to take Sun Man and we're going to make him actually part of the He-Man universe. He's going to be legitimately part of our line, which is huge, global. Like, everybody in every country collects He-Man. It's a huge toy line, one of the biggest toy lines in history. And to her, have her Sun Man and all his dudes get incorporated into the He-Man line is huge. That's cool. I mean, huge reward for her, huge representation for kids. And they uh, released, I think, Two distinct versions of Sun Man, like a basic one and a really super deluxe one. All his buddies are showing up, like the pig guy showed up and everything. So like having that 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 kid's dream from like a long time ago, feeling like there's no representation and having that be incorporated in a, like one of the biggest action figure lines in history. Fucking amazing. Really inspiring. I'm so happy that it's happening. I'm going to buy all these fucking figures, probably buy two. And then I'm just I'm just happy that it's there. So this is yeah. like the one bright spot of my week. I'm thrilled with Mattel. And I'm very excited because there's one more reveal coming tomorrow and they say it's going to be the big one. And Jesus Christ, I'm on the edge of my seat. Very, very excited. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be big. Can't fucking wait. So thank you, Mattel, for giving me a bright spot in all of this fucking miserable darkness. And I'm super excited. That's cool. Yeah, I, I just hearing you talk about it makes me want to get excited about drops from some product line. You yeah. know, I don't have like a toy that I collect right now, but... Now that I'm going to go look for one, maybe, because... Get into something. Yeah, I mean, I'm into, like, 18 things at all times, but toys has never been one of them. I mean, I grew up with them, and I had millions of them, 
but recently I haven't really had any collectible type stuff like that. Um, although if I have a toy, like I'm gonna like take it out of its box. I'm not that kind of person. Oh yeah, I always do too. I take all my stuff out and play with yeah. it, and I, you know, I might just put it on a shelf or something, display it. But I definitely, I'm not, I don't have the sealed boxes or anything. I don't oh do that yeah. Though, so anyway, but that's all cool. Right. That's really cool, especially with the representation. I want a Native American action figure. Come on, where is yeah. that? Maybe. I mean, there's probably one coming on the way. I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. So we'll see. All right. So big ups to Mattel. Big ups to that mom. I forget her name at the moment, but I, that's just an inspiring, such an amazing story. And I hope that kids uh, who are black and brown or Asian or anything will will take some joy in seeing representation on the shelves. So Coolio. All right. Let's get into games. Let's get into games. We got a lot of games to talk about today. Uh, Carlos, let's start with you. A little game that I don't know anything about, although we did get a code out of the blue. So thank you to the developer for sending that code in, kind of randomly, uh, unsolicited, but that's kind of a nice surprise. It's called RPG Time Legend of Right, W-R-I-G-H-T. And if memory serves, are you playing this on Xbox? Yes, yes. Yes, yes. I hear a question mark. No, it is? Yes. It is, yeah, yeah, Xbox One. Okay, yeah. RPG Time, tell us. I, I literally know nothing about it, so what is what is this game all about? Well, it's funny because I'm playing so much Elden Ring, and I was like, hey, it's an RPG, but it's like really chill. I think I'll go over to this for a little while because it's not obviously an intense RPG. It's kind of very uh, childlike in the fact that it's literally uh, a child or a younger person is like leading you through as a dungeon master through an like a hand-drawn world and it's wait what oh wait back up yeah, so yeah you're you're playing you're pretending to be you're playing D with a kid as the dm and so yes. you're pretending to play D. that's what the game is yeah and it's all takes place in like a sketchbook so you're like hand-drawn kind of a stuff? hand-drawn sketchbook yeah Ooh, that sounds neat it's very weird and different I've, I've never played anything like it i don't think i've played anything like it huh. um i think the closest analogy would be stickman and we both oh, okay. we both like okay. Stickman, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, there's pros and cons for this. I think the pro is obviously the art style. Just look up some pictures of it; you'll see. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, they spent a lot of time because what they do and the actual artwork looks like it's the sketchbook that the kid opens up and he's like, "Hey, you're gonna play this RPG with me." Oh wow! But I'm looking at it on Google. That's amazing. Yeah, alongside the book, they they do actual like real life photorealistic stuff. Like they'll put a pencil down or they'll put like the D-pads actually made a cardboard and it's actually cardboard. Yeah, it looks like, like you're looking at a desk with a book open on it and there's like stuff all on the desk and that's like what you're looking at. That looks amazing. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I like I was just blown away by the presentation. Um, it's, it easily brings you in. And the whole idea is that, yeah, you're just going to jump in there as a hero and you see cutscenes that are all played out in kind of like hand drawn, you know, drawings. That art is so cute. It looks like a like a junior high schooler's sketchbook or something. It looks so good. Oh, yeah. I drew these. Like, I drew the same stuff yeah, that is yeah. in these books. Carlos, but, please tell me this is fun, dude. This looks amazing. Please uh, tell me it's fun. There's a, a pro and a con, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, no. Let me start with so, the pro. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, and again, because I was just super, super excited to go away from hardcore RPG. So this sure, is like a nice. Sure. Um, so that's like another pro is that if you're like totally exhausted from a heavy duty RPG, this is fun and relaxing. Also for younger people, I think it's great. Um, but for me, yeah, I think the beginning's great. Um, there's a lot of different styles. Like you'll see cutscenes, and you'll see like a lot of the real world, uh, like physicality of that board and like the desk comes alive. So like a lot of things that you would normally think would just play out in the book, like things off the book would come into the book. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to explain until you play it. But yeah, you play as an adventure and you're going along and it's, Instead of like RPG, where I guess you are leveling a little bit, 
it's more about like an action game with like puzzles in it because like say the first a few boards or whatever you had to get from like the left to the right of the book you know and that's also a level and as you're doing that like there's uh, rocks falling or something and you got to like time it you know to, to jump across but you have to use the d-pad so that's one of my cons i don't okay. like the d-pad um and it's not a fluid movement like you would get with a left analog stick it's like when you move one space at a time kind of thing. Is it divided like in a grid style? No, there's no grid, but it's just like if you push on the D-pad once, he'll move one space. One step or yeah, something? Yeah, okay. okay gotcha. So that makes it a little tricky. And so then I was doing that puzzle where the rocks were falling. It was less about maneuvering and, and that kind of thing and more about like what uh, helmet I had on my head. And if I had the right helmet, I was protected and I didn't get as many hit points uh, damaged to me and I can make it across. So it's like... It's more of a thinking thing than like an RPG in that way. Okay. Uh, okay. And then there's some monsters and stuff like that too. There's RPG elements, but a lot of it seemed like um, it's just weird. It's like puzzly. Uh, another one was like uh, dig up things with your shovel. So now you're not even fighting with a sword. You're just in the, in the dirt with your shovel. And as you dug up things with the you know a button or whatever, you would use those things in the quest. Um, so it's it's a really weird mixture. And that's my only con is that because it's called RPG time and he's a DM, he can do whatever he wants. So he's just like playing with you, right? Like what, what there was another game that does that where oh my goodness, I can't think of it. Where I mean like it sounds like Hand of Fate or something like that. Hand where, of like, Fate, DM yeah. can kind of mess with you, yeah. Yeah, and there's another one though, RPG something. I forgot what it's called. I think it was a mobile game first, and it's like you were like doing a pen and paper RPG. So it's definitely got that feel, and he like just messes with you, and sometimes you're supposed to die. You know, he's like, "Oh no, no, you didn't realize that you're supposed to do this." Here, I'll take you back. <laughs> you know, and he rewinds it. So it's almost like, yeah, you're kind of just having a, a story with this kid as well. Um, I mean, this sounds awesome, dude. This sounds amazing. It's it's almost awesome. I guess the only reason I got taken out of it at the end is because. The controls were just a little frustrating because I I was expecting more of like me to actually have agency over the character and it's not that at all. So it's it's probably just expectation. You know, now that I go back to it, I understand what I'm playing. Okay. But I was thinking I was going in and you know, he's saying he's going to be the DM and I'm an RPG hero. Yeah, this is my only con and this is this is correct. It doesn't feel like an RPG. If that makes sense. Like not a turn-based not, RPG. Not, not even an RPG almost. It just feels like a, a weird mishmash of mini games, and an, an RPG in the fact that you are a hero and you're fighting right. things. And, and you know, But sometimes you're just like getting away from things or, like I said, putting on different helmets and not get hurt or digging up weird things. So it's, it's a hodgepodge. I mean, maybe like RPG filtered through the imagination of a junior high schooler that's, who's writing in his notebook. That's right? exactly it. And if you there know you that's what it is, it's perfect. Like, it's so cool and weird. I um, mean, this sounds dope, dude. I didn't know anything about this. And I, I you have like 100% sold me on this. Is cool. this, uh, do we know if this is already out or is it not out yet? Oh, I don't know that. Wait, I don't know either. I, wait, wait. It is out now. Yes. Okay. It's I'm a little pricey. Oh, really? How Even much at an indie game, it's uh, 30 Oh, that's a little. That's a little. It's steep. a little steep. A little I feel steep. like it'd be better at fifteen. Um, I still am going to go back to. It, by the way, I, my only con was really that I was kind of the expectation, right? Okay. Uh, but what Makes they sense. did in the presentation of this thing is ridiculous. Well, this sounds very exciting. I I don't know that I'm gonna buy it for thirty because I 
don't really spend that much money on games in general. But I will bookmark it and favorite it. And when it goes on sale, this sounds like a win. This sounds very cool. Yeah. And I definitely think like if you have a younger person too in the family, um, like I think it's even worth the price point because I think it would keep people like a younger person like involved for a long time. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. Like okay, really, cool. really busy for a while. But yeah, I'm going right. to go back I to mean, it. This sounds like a win, so I'm very glad we're starting starting with a bang here. Yeah. RPG time, Legend of Riot, and you're playing it on Xbox, correct? Yep. All right, excellent. Let me talk about Rogue Book. Have you ever played this one, Rogue Book? I'm looking it up because that's how I do it on this show. I don't know. Let's see. Debuted on Steam, I want to say last year, and just now is coming to PlayStation and Xbox. This is a, as expected, roguelike, uh, but it's also a deck builder. It's really interesting. Um the art style is wonderful. It's kind of like this hand-painted, very like storybook sort of art style. Mm-hmm. Um, and the premise, uh, whatever, the premise is you're trapped inside a magic book, but that doesn't really like play into the gameplay very much. Basically, you have two characters on your team, and you get each one has their own individual cards. So, for example, you'll start with like a lady who's like a, a swashbuckling sword user, and then she's with a guy who's, I don't know, he's like a big, chunky kind of monster. He's more of like a defense dude. Although he does have some big attacks. Um, so it plays out very much with like something like Slay the Spire, which, you know, a lot of people love Slay the Spire. You, you've been playing Slay yeah, the Spire, yeah, yeah. you? A lot of people really like that a lot. And I feel like there's a lot of commonality. I Slay the Spire was probably the last deck builder that I really got into. And this one is kind of like hitting those same spots in some ways. Not exactly the same, but it's enough of the same vibe to where I'm like, okay, yeah, I kind of like this. I like what it's doing. It's got some good ideas. The hook to this is that you have to take into account your two characters. So when you build your deck, there's defense cards, there's attack cards, etc., etc. Pretty par for the course. But some of those cards will move a character to the front or to the back. This is 2D, remember. So like maybe you'll start out with a battle. Your sword lady will be in front. The defense guy will be in the back. And she'll just do some attacks or whatever. But if he blocks, some of the attacks or some of the blocks will keep him in the back, and that's fine. But some of the blocks will move him to the front. And if he's in the front, then he blocks for more. If he stays in the back, he blocks for less. Vice versa with the lady. If she's in the front, she'll use her sword and attack for more. And if she's in the back, she can still attack, but she'll attack for less. And so you're kind of like juggling who's in what position and which card am I doing and which card. Like there are many cards that move them back and forth and swap them. So like sometimes you want to get a combo going where like your front person attacks for more attack and then you swap and then the defense guy blocks for more defense because he is now in the front and the sword person moved to the back. Like, flip-flopping them is a big part of the gameplay, which I think is really interesting and really neat. I like that a lot. That's very working well for me. I think it's very good. But the cards themselves, they keep, like, their stats mainly, right? Do you, does It just reduces by a little? Uh, so, like, let's say, for example, with the Sword Lady. Like, if she's in the back, she will attack for three. If she's in the front, she'll attack for five. Oh, so the but stats the, don't really count then when it comes to that? No, there's no stats or anything. It's all uh, just deck. Okay. It's just, like, you know, deck building with the cards. So... Um, well, okay. That, okay. That's a lie. There are some stats, but it's like in a different menu and it doesn't really like super play into the cards. Like just think of it as a deck builder, but the cards also affect where your people are on the, on the screen and they can raise or lower defense and have certain abilities based on is your person in position one or position two. Right. So I think that's pretty cool and pretty interesting. I like that a lot. Um, I think the cards so far are pretty straightforward. I don't like it when deck builders get super 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 like complex um i think that you have to kind of keep the pace up and you want to like be 
playing cards and playing cards and moving on and playing cards. Like you don't want to get too bogged down, right? So I feel like this one has a pretty good mix of cards that I think are very approachable. They come out quickly. You can get your strategy out there and work and it, it goes pretty well. Uh, there's a couple cards that are a little bit more detailed, but I kind of ignore those and it's been working fine so far. Uh, as you uh, make your way through each map, it's a little bit different um, than you might expect. You start at the bottom of a map, divided up into hexes, and you've um, it, the map is like totally like fog of ward out. So you don't know where you're going. There's maybe a few points on the map that you want to hit, maybe a treasure chest over here, maybe a little point of interest over there. And you have a limited amount of resources to dissipate the fog. So like in addition to the deck building combat, which is pretty good, you also have this thing where you're like, OK, where do I want to go on the map? How much of the map can I reveal before I run out of resource? And then you try to find as much stuff as you can before you have to go fight the boss. So it's kind of a balancing act between how many battles do I want to fight because I can get some stuff, but also I might take a lot of damage and healing does not e does not easily uh, happen in this game. Or do I want to make a beeline for the boss and I get there with a lot of health, but I might not have a lot of gear. So it's kind of like a you know risk reward kind of thing. The more battles you get, you might have more stuff, but you might be more beaten down, you know, so forth and so on. Hmm. It's a good mix of stuff. I think it works really well. Uh, the only thing that I don't like about it is that, as many people who play card uh, card battling deck builders know, there is a lot of power in having a very uh, limited number of cards in your deck. So, like, if you have a small number of cards in your deck, like 20, you know you're going to cycle through that deck pretty quickly. You're going to get to the card that you want pretty quickly. Uh, the more cards you have in your deck, the longer it's going to take you to get to whatever card you need at the moment, right? Mm -hmm. So, in general, most people find that your your deck is really popping when you have like a small number. But the, there's a contradictory mechanic here. These characters have bonus abilities. These bonus abilities activate when you add more cards to your deck. So, this is another risk-reward thing. Let's say, for example, the Sword Lady, if you collect... 20 cards uh, in your deck, then she'll have a special ability where every turn she gets like one free attack. Pretty cool power, but that also means you're going to spend a lot more turns, you know, shuffling through your deck, waiting to get to your big attacks. If you get to like 30 cards, then your guy will be able to heal like 10 points of life per battle or something. Like, So there's these perks that you really want to get that help you survive longer, but at the same time, they dilute the power of your deck. And so it's like, mm. so I really want to get these powers because they're really useful. But then it means I'm less effective in moment to moment combat. But if I have these perks, I might live longer because I'm getting some bonus abilities. I, you know, honestly, I don't care for this very much because I feel like it's just kind of a truth that you want the smallest size deck possible. So I, ugh, I just, I just don't like this. I wish there was another way to get those perks because in a roguelike, I mean, you lose, you go back to the start, it's kind of discouraging. You want to use every advantage you can. So I feel like this one is kind of hamstrung a little bit. Yeah. I don't like that mechanic very much. I know I'm not crazy about that, but the rest of it, I feel like is really good. The graphics are great. I feel like the interesting um, who's in first, who's in back mechanic is really interesting and good. I think the card battling is really straightforward and pleasant and it, it pops. Um, I think overall it's a really good, uh, really good deck building roguelike. I like it quite a bit. I like the fact that it's it's just a hero team of two, right? Yes, yes. So I like that simplicity, and I like the like you said the kind of order of cards, because uh, again it kind of keeps it simple. Because lots of these ones I'm looking at the stats like I was alluding to, uh, but yeah, that that last mechanic I don't like at all because I want the least amount of cards that are all the best cards. Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, right. but you know, there's other characters to unlock. So there's a little bit of mixing matching. If you don't like the defense guy, I believe you unlock a new character after beating the first boss. You can choose that guy instead. I think there's 
I want to say a total of four characters. I could be wrong. It's either four or five. So you can mix and match once you get a little further in the game. So, you know, good options there. Not too many options. I feel like it's really polished. I feel like it comes together pretty well. If you liked Slay the Spire and you played the hell out of that like everybody else did, this may be one to check out. All right. That is Rogue Book. I'm playing it on Xbox. Works beautifully on Xbox. I have no problems with the interface at all. Good stuff. Uh, okay, Rogue Book is done. Let's talk to you, Carlos. A game that is currently still under embargo but will not be under embargo by the time the show goes up. Who pressed mute on Uncle Marcus? People who listen to the show know that we love FMV games. You and I both love FMV games. I am very curious to see your impression of this. I have not bought this. I don't have a code. I don't really know much about it other than Uncle Marcus is there and somebody pressed mute on him. Tell yeah, us all about exactly. this game. Um, yeah, it's Wales Interactive. We review. We love Wales Interactive. All of their games probably, right? I think we... We're down with Wales. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I mean, you just buy like, because of the podcast, you need to buy it at some point. Oh, I definitely will. Yeah. I, I buy almost all of them these days, yeah, yeah. almost every single one. Yeah. And they're all affordable, I think. You know, I know it might only be a few hours of gameplay or whatever it is. Sometimes it's five or six. But for me, uh, like this one, uh, I didn't finish it yet. So there's, there's that. But I like not finishing them right away. It's almost like I treat them like an episode of a show that I like. Sure, sure. And I play for a while slash watch. And then I just give it a break, you know, and I come and, back. I mean, to, to it. me, five hours is that's a win, dude. Like I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm playing Elden Ring, which I'm not going to finish until I'm like 52. Right. <laughs> so playing something I can finish is awesome. Yes, I know, and I don't know what the actual number is that will finish this one, but yeah. So what this is, um, I think, you know, going back to the fact that we've talked about all of their games, this is, in my opinion, so far, probably the best one because, like I alluded to earlier, on the, the best one out of all their games so far. Maybe, maybe. Wow. Okay, that's high praise. Wait, wait, wait. Did they do the one with the, um, with the, uh, in the beginning, it's really rough because there's a virus and stuff? Yeah, they did that one. The I complex, the complex, about. right? Yes, the complex. Okay, yes. never mind. I like that a lot. The complex is dope, yes. Okay, I'm, the complex might be better, but this might be the second best. But this is solid number two. It's solid number two because, again, it's it's what I was saying about the uh, immortality one by uh, the Her Story guy. The production value is super important. And the acting super important. So what the story of, of this one I'll get into right now is important, but at the same time, that production and the acting is, is huge. So it is about uh, the uncle, Marcus, and he basically is talking to you. Uh, you're, you're the main character, and your name is not in front of me because I'm terrible. Abby. Okay. Um, and so you know he calls you up, and he's like, hey, someone poisoned me. And it was one of the family. It had to be. And you need to figure out who it was. And he is not dying because he's on some sort of like, I don't know, something that's staving off his death. He drank a bottle of like, like pause potion. Yes, yeah, pause potion. Yeah, it's mute. Well, it's muting the, the poison, I guess. Okay. Uh, I don't know why. He's got, a, he's got an IV in and stuff. And he's talking normal. So he's not like too sickly in the beginning. And he's basically saying like, hey, you need to go figure out who did this. And so what he, he's doing is he's on the side, like on another, you're, lo you're looking at a desktop kind of thing. And he's like, you know, a phone or a DM or something, you know, on the side. And you are on like a, a group chat with your family. Oh, okay. So you're like, you're, you're on a Zoom call and it's he's like Zoom in the window. Call. Yeah. And he's and like on a secondary window. Okay. So the whole game takes place as if it's like a Zoom call? Yes. Okay, cool. And so All you're right. basically jumping back between talking to him for a second, going back and talking to your family and trying to like ask them questions. 
So it almost feels like a game like that you'd play, like another like a jackpot jackbox game or something like that. You know where? Well, maybe that's a bad example. Uh, you know, like a board game where you're like, who done it? It's a mystery. Yes, yes, it's a mystery. So again, back to what I first started with is all the acting's great. Like it really feels believable. They're funny. Uh, I also am a sucker for anything that's comical. So even though this has a dark slant to it, and the fact you're trying to figure out, find out who's a murderer, it does feel like Clue or something. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're like, oh, it's it's funny, it's interesting. I'm always checking, you know, people's answers. And you know, like all our other games, I think there's a pause menu, and you can go look at different relationships and how people answered questions. So you can put all your ideas together in one screen. Um, yeah, and then you can accuse somebody at some point with evidence. So it's Clue. It's fucking Clue. It's Clue. <laughs> Which, I mean, is a classic. That's a great structure. Yeah, I should have led with that. Uh, <laughs> but Bearing the lead, Bearing the lead, clue. it's Clue. And again, it, the lead is true, though. The lead is the fact that it's really well acted. Like, the, the main actress is really good. You believe everything that she's saying and that she's believe, you know talking to the family. Everybody can relate to family who has issues, right? Sure. There's tons of issues. The aunt is like drinking way too much and you know everybody's like difficult in their own way. And then you're just trying to figure it out. So I don't have the answer yet. I don't know. I'm not ready to accuse someone. But I'm having a fun time. Like it's like just fun. And I'm not like... I'm not like pointing out bad acting in my head, you know, and right. I'm not like, oh, this interface doesn't work or like the graphics are weird. Like everything just works. Like the fake Zoom call looks good. Uh, the, you know, the way they keep look at uh, keep track of things in the pause screen looks good. And the uncle is a good actor. I've never seen him before, but he's like really believable. So I really enjoy it. I mean, Wales is kind of on a hot streak lately. Like, not everything they've put out has been gold, but like, man, they've had a lot of really good, solid FMV games lately. I mean, huge props to them for like basically single-handedly reviving the entire genre. They've had some good shit, so I'm I'm gonna get this one for sure. This seems really like my jam. You know, it is my jam. It is, and it's like, um, you know, I think it's gonna get more and more intense as it goes along because obviously he's poison and he's like, you know, gonna be in trouble. But um, yeah, I like the comedy. I like the acting. They used they reused some people from other games of theirs. Oh, okay, returning actors. Yeah, cool. And All also, right. um, Susanna Doyle is from Black Mirror. One of the actresses from Black Mirror, which okay. is always great because um, Black Mirror is great. And yeah, and another person's from the Complex, the game I just mentioned. Uh, I love the Complex. Yes. Okay. So I a hundred percent say yes to this, and it's always cheap. It's not out yet. It will be by the time I think this comes out. I think out. by tomorrow, yeah. By the time it comes out, for and, sure. And, uh, yeah, the 18th, I believe. And it's going to be like $12 or something, you know? That's a beautiful price, 12 or 15 maybe. That's a good price. It's like yes. you go to the movies, right? Oh, man, I love that. Like, I will go all in on anything for like 15 bucks. Like, any like little FMV, indie, experimental, anything, like 15 bucks, maybe 20 But 15 is like, that's a absolutely yes. I'll pull that trigger every time. Yeah, I think they're hitting their stride, like you said. I think it's just... Winners now. They're just winning. Fuck, what is going on, dude? We've talked about three good games in a row. Oh, we, we even did, on the right podcast? We? Yeah. What is going on? Wait. Is this so video games? Where am I? No, I, I have something for later. Don't worry. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to keep the hot streak rolling, my friend. It's going to be four good games what in a row. What the frig? I know, right? So I'm talking about Prison Princess on the Switch. Uh, I will full disclosure. I bought this game because it looked like a good source of TNA. And at the moment I was in the mood for that. Hey man, uh, you know, I make no bones about it. I'm okay with adult themed games, adult oriented games. And there's been 
a few games on the Switch lately that have been kind of eye-opening, where they get away with a lot more than you would think. Ah. I was wondering if this was going to be one of those. I'm not sure yet. Yeah. I'm not too far. Not too I, I'm far sorry. Away. I gasped because I, I looked at some of the screenshots real quickly. Um, and on the Switch, that's the only reason. Like, it, yeah. this makes sense for Steam. Oh, dude. There's been a couple games on the Switch when I played them, and I'm like, holy shit. Like explicit stuff that I don't think anybody even knows is even there. I think they snuck it under the radar. They snuck it under, yeah. Big time. But so I was like, okay, this seems like it might be like a good little cheesecakey TNA game. I I don't I don't apologize. I like that shit. Hey, do I respect I'm not women? saying you should. Absolutely, yes, I do. I can also appreciate the way women look. So whatever. Anybody wants to email me, go ahead. We'll have a discussion. So getting back to the game, Prison Princess, it's already like a really like sexploitative title, right? I was like, okay, cool. I get what we're doing here. I'm all in. Princesses all right? in prison. Literally, okay. That's you it. just summed up the entire game. That's basically go. it. Uh, you start the game, and it does this thing where I'm just not a fan, where I play I play some Japanese games, and they're just like, they seem very preoccupied with like fiefdoms and kingdoms and lineage and barons and counts and a lot of names. And they seem to really get like political with that stuff. And I just like, I'm not here for it. Like a lot of turn-based strategy games, get really into this really dry political lore. And I think it's the most boring fucking thing ever. So this game starts out with that a little bit. And I was like, "Uh Oh, this is trouble. A lot of names, um, a lot of like weird names that are hard to remember. And they're not, they're not Japanese names. They're like made up names. Like the one princess is like, I'm Zen Zen from Zanzibar or something. And the other one's like, Oh, I'm, uh, you know, knock, knock from Nutley or like, it's like these names that are just like goofy names. Right. Yeah. Like, so they, they talk a lot about that stuff. And I just like, I was, it was just like my eyes were glazing over. I couldn't absorb that stuff. I'm not interested in that type of political content, but we pretty quickly get to the point where a princess is in prison. I'm like, okay, back in, you got my attention. All right. Here we um, go. so there we go. So like, basically it's a point and click kind of escape room sort of a game so far. Full disclosure. I'm not super far into it. Right. I just started like last night just as a, as a lark. So I've only played very little of it, but like, basically you point and click, uh, around the room and you just like the, objects of interest right so like a piece of paper on a table click that Uh, a brick that looks like it's loose in the wall you click that Uh, window over here with something outside the window go see what's outside the window click that and when you click those things the princess will go over that and then she will do like this totally cheesecakey pose of like bending over super far to look at the piece of paper or like reaching up to the window and then her dress hikes up a little bit and you get a little get a little titillation there so like that's okay i'm like yes I'm, i'm here for that that's fine so far when they're just talking, it's fine, but they very often lapse back into that too many names, too much political stuff going on, and they kind of lose me again. So I'm I'm kind of like lapsing in and out of what's going on in the story, but I think the gameplay so far is pretty good, pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Click on things, little puzzle will come up, like real simple puzzle, find an item, stick the item in the puzzle and solve that and kind of move on. So you really want both princesses to be out of the prison and just move on from there. I haven't, I haven't freed them both yet, so I'm still like in the very beginning, but... I like where it's going. I just want them to dial back on the political blather so far. If they just kind of focus on the jokes and the, you know, the other stuff, I think we'll be in good shape. So, so, so far it's a positive, like hesitantly positive, but I feel like we're on a good track. It's interesting because normally we both don't like anything to do with like puzzle games in that way where you're clicking things. Yeah. But if it's like, because you also get a little, I know I'm, I, you're like full disclosure yeah yeah you will do it you're like i will do so it that's, for that yes. yeah that's the uh that's the ask <laughs> if we're gonna play a puzzle game it better like provide something if, else 
it feels ridiculous and stupid to say that, but God damn it, it's I'm being honest with y'all here, and that's just where we are. Listen, let me let me do a quick tangent to make you feel better. I yeah, okay. I want a really good adult game because I want that thing that you're talking about. I'm, yes. you know, I'm a regular person over here, okay? But <laughs> yes. I haven't found one that where the actual gameplay mixes together with it so that I want to do both. And you that's the trick. You got to play tricky. that one that I played. You got to play the one that I played. Um, God, Max Gentleman, Sexy Business. Oh, that's right. I think that I is a fantastic did. game. Maybe I did play it, and I I didn't like it as much as you did the gameplay part. Oh man, I, I thought that game was great. I thought that was great. I know. You I don't were. know if you played it. Okay. Anyway. Anyways, a, a, a Steam review says this game is for gentlemen. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know about that, but so far what I've seen, I am. I am positive and hopeful. And in fact, now that you've said that, maybe I'll check over on Steam to see if there's a different version of it. So, right. Yeah. All right. Well, again, I no shame here, but at the same time, it seems like uh, not my gameplay that I would like. That's for sure. 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 But okay. Well, I will uh, fill you in and see how this goes. But so far, looking positive. Now, back to you, Carlos, talking about Shadow Warrior 3. This came out a week or two ago. We did host a review at GameCritics.com from one of our writers, Ali uh, Ali Arkani. I believe he's in Iran. He fucking hated this game, man. Mm. He, with the Fury of a Thousand Suns, he was like, I, I want to say he gave it something like a three. Like, he really opened up on it, did not care for it at all. So I am very curious to see what you make of this. Hmm. Well, this might turn us into our different portion of the podcast not as super happy because i kind of agree but not oh okay not as in a garbage fire or number three uh, out of ten um so i love shadow warrior and we talked about in the show i've played every game yeah you're a fan we talked Big about fan straight yeah. Warrior shadow Warrior two one of my favorite games that year that i played like i remember you raving about raving it. it's a it's a fun you know first person action game no, no RPG mechanics. It's just like fun, ridiculous action. It's got a little bit of like dishonored at times where like there's just so many different powers that you get. Um, so it's not just like shooting things like Doom. It's not just using your sword, Katana Blade. It's kind of doing a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so what this game does is more of the same for less time. I haven't beaten it yet, but I heard it's like super short, which yeah. is really weird because I kind of like that, but sometimes... If you're enjoying the world so much, you might want to stay you there. You want more if it's a yeah. good time. Yeah, for sure. I think I played Stranger, uh, uh, Shadow Warrior 3 or 2 for 20 hours or something, 15 at least. Mm-hmm. I played it for mm-hmm. a while. You know, I was in that world. Pretty lengthy, sure. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, this is shorter for one thing. It's more of the same. The graphics took a little bit of a nosedive in the fact that well, you'll hear this again in my next review of the next game. The lighting is a weird. Like... It's, the lighting is weird? Yeah. The lighting's weird in this game where it's like the colors are a little too bright. The contrast is a little too off. And I feel like that wasn't the case in 2. Um, by the way, we should look this up. Is it the same developer? It should be. Yeah, same developer. Okay. Yeah. It's like Flying Wild Hog, isn't yeah. it? Something like that? So I don't know what they did, but something made me a little more like upset with the graphics. Like Things were a little harder to see. Um, even though I know it's a fast paced game, it's like insanely fast, but it's, you know, whatever. So that's one thing I didn't like. Um, you know, the game, the story is the same. It's like the guy who's going to go save the world. It takes place right after two. So if you haven't played two, you're going to be lost on some story bits. They just don't ever tell you, you know, it's like, you should know this game. They just expect you to have already played number two. Yeah. And I like, I was confused on a couple references, you know, I was like, I played a lot of that too, but I don't remember who that guy is again. 
Well, it's been a while, right? Like it's they didn't a have while. a little uh, on our last episode recap, nothing like no, that. No, nothing like that. I mean, uh, yeah, you know what? They did something in the very beginning with some cutscenes, but a lot of those cutscenes were about characters that I was confused on. So, yeah, they did some of it. I was a little confused. So that's strike number two. I kind of was like a little lost and not as in, you know. And then the action's super fun, but I don't know why it just didn't it didn't capture me. Um, it had a, it adds a grappling hook. And not a fan. Uh, I feel like I died a bunch of times when I shouldn't have. Because just like, and I didn't know when to jump off the grappling hook or whatever. So, okay, so those are all the negatives. Some things I didn't really connect to the story this time for some reason. Uh, I, I didn't like the lighting kind of. And yeah, the new mechanic didn't do anything for me. The, can we just can we just really briefly mention that the protagonist's name is Lo Wang, which I feel like... If you think that's funny, maybe you'll like this game. I mean, that name just puts me off. Like, I don't even want to play this game because of that name alone. It it basically does that the, throughout the whole series. Like this, the you know, super, super lowest common denominator jokes, yeah, you know? Yeah, It yeah. just does that. And I've always, like, looked past it because it's been so fun to play. But that's why this one, it was like, oh, I don't know if I'm enjoying this gameplay anymore. And I definitely am not here, like, for that, for, you know, the silly story, the, the silly yeah. jokes. Um, and then the last piece is a positive is the fact that I was been I was playing Elden Ring, Elix Two, uh, all these you know tough RPGs, and I was just so frustrated about not being empowered. So that's what this is. This is a power fantasy, uh, like Doom or something else, where you just go in and like, destroy. So I I think I've tweeted a, a video of like when I was playing it. And it's like awesome. You know, I felt really, really good about myself for a while. I was like, oh, I just took out a million bosses in two seconds, swung around, did this thing, you know, jumped off this thing, got new powers. And so it's not that it's not fun because I had fun with it. I was like, look at me. I'm a badass. And it was a nice change of pace. But I also might be grown out of it. Hmm, you know what I mean? It's almost like a, a movie you watch when you're a kid and you're like, yeah, I guess that was good back then. Right. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I've had that experience. I haven't played this game myself. I probably will never play this game, but I do remember Ali's review, and he took it to task because he felt like, he, like you, he was a big fan of Shadow Warrior 2, and he felt like it was too much of a step backwards. He said that it felt too stripped down compared to the first one. Um, fewer number of weapons. The combo system wasn't the same. There wasn't as much customization. Uh, he didn't like the new... Uh, I don't know, like fatality kill system in this one. He felt like it was more of a gimmick rather than something you could really build into a strategy. I mean, he just really, he really took it to task for being too short and too light on content and stripping away too much of what he liked about the second one. So I can't speak to that myself, but if anybody wants to hear more about Ali's review, we've got that at GameCritics.com. And it, and maybe part of that is what you're feeling. Maybe you're yeah. just feeling like less less options, not as good as what you just played the last time. Let me let me talk to that for a second because that's a great point. Is that it really is that? I mean, I don't know if this is the case, but I'm I'm guessing that there was budget cuts or reduced uh, development time because yeah. that's what this smells like, right? Um, and also that's what happens when you have less time or less people working on it or whatever is you just cut things. And I think he's right because two had more of an evolution of the character and like skill trees and things like that. And this one just feels like, yeah, like a cookie cutter, simple thing. Like the simplification, I think, is what is what makes me not like it as much. And yeah. I was like, oh, there's literally nothing going on here. And it's moving so fast. I'm already in the second world and I don't I'm not getting anything out of it. So I think that's kind of pinpointing it right there. 
Okay. All right. Sounds like a whiff. Uh, so I guess yeah. there's a bad game, even though we had a pretty good hot streak going. So yeah. no worries. No worries. Um, let's turn it around. Let's turn it back around. Let's get back on the sunny side of the street again with a good positive game for me. Wait, what? I know. I know. We are living in the upside down. Yes. I am bringing good stuff to the show. Okay. The Life and Suffering of Sir Bronte. It's kind of a mouthful of a title. Uh, it debuted on PC, I want to say one year ago, perhaps. And this is a visual novel in like literally the most literal sense of being a visual novel because the interface is that you're reading a book so i'm playing this on uh, ps5 right now it's also on xbox i believe it's on pc Uh, i don't know if it's on switch but basically you are looking your screen is like as if someone had opened a book in front of you and laid it down on your screen so the whole screen is like a book there's lots of bookmarks in the book and then you turn page by page and read text about what's going on and there are also some animated illustrations these are all hand-drawn illustrations black and white they look great the premise of the game is that you are playing as sir bronte he is living in a fictional world where there's a really strong um religious influence there's also a class system of like you know peasants commoners and lords and ladies and that kind of thing and you have to take him from from literal childhood through a series of periods like you know childhood uh you know adolescence young adult uh, middle-aged guy, old guy, there's like a revolution. Um, so they, they tell you up front, he's going to go through his entire life. And what you need to do is you need to manage his choices. You need to manage his relationships. Uh, they present you with a lot of text to read. And then as you get to the end of a choice, it's like, you know, do you side with this person over here? Do you participate in this duel? Do you leave with your honor? Do you apologize even though it's not your fault? Like, you know, different choices like that. And each one will give you points. Now there's two ways to play the game. I believe this is a patch that came after our initial review. We had someone review this game, I want to say last year when it debuted, and a lot of the problems, I believe it was Damiano uh, Gurley who reviewed it for us, he said that a lot of the problems with that game was because he didn't know what was happening. He didn't see the cause and effect in what he was doing, and so he often got stuck, not enough of one resource or too much of another one, and that affects how you make your choices. So I believe there's a new feature where they take the the hood off the engine they let you see all the guts and they tell you exactly this choice will give you plus two uh willpower points this choice will give you plus one stamina points this point this choice will give you minus two life points or whatever so like now and you can turn it off if you don't want to see that stuff but i'm like yes i want all the information i want to make an informed choice Mm -hmm. so as you go through you can clearly see um the stats of your guy there's a page that's just stats your guy starts out like zeros all the way down and then you got to like build up your willpower, build up your stamina, build up your strength, whatever, whatever relationships. And each choice is like, okay, plus one this or plus one this or plus one this, whatever I want to do. And you can kind of pick and choose as you go. And as you get further in the game, all these choices start to require that you have participated in your life a certain way. So let's say that you get to like a challenge where you're going to get into a fight, but you don't really want to fight. So you want to defuse something. If you have played your game in a way that you have been exerting your willpower and having a strong presence you will have enough of the points that you need to make that choice if you have been kind of a meek guy and quiet and reserved you will not have enough points you will not be able to choose that choice right so it's not just about choosing the right choices it's also choosing the choices that build your guy in a certain way so that when you get to these crucial choices later in the game you will have justified why you made that choice by your previous actions you know what i'm saying yeah your choices are building your stats exactly literally exactly so it's very interesting. Um, I don't know how far I am. I think there's like five chapters, and I, I'm definitely not done. I got a long way to go, but 
I think it's great so far. I love the presentation of just like this really fancy book that you can jump around the bookmarks and like the way that the illustrations happen on the page. I think it's great. Um, I love that there's just enough visual, but like a lot of um, novel, but I think it's a good balance. Like I think it works. It's different and it strikes me a lot um, as a couple of the games I played that really err on the side of being visual novels, but this one, it works for me. Usually I like a lot of interactive elements, but I feel like this one is a good balance of stat building choices, moving pictures, and just like straight up text to read. It's all, it's all a good blend but it looks very nicely produced, very attractive looking. And I think the writing is really good so far. Um, I don't feel like you need to read walls and walls and walls of text. I feel like that's a, a very key thing in a visual novel where you want to read enough to get a sense of what's going on, to get a sense of your character. But I don't want to actually read a book, right? Like yeah. if I wanted to read a book, I would just read one. One or two pages, cool, make a choice. Yes. So far, this game is directly in the pocket of that. I feel like the pace is really good. You can get through it pretty quickly. I mean, depending on how fast you read, of course. Um, but so far, this is a really interesting, very different sort of visual novel. And apparently it's pretty brutal. Like there's a lot of really tough choices and the game is very upfront. When you start playing, it says you will not be able to make every choice you want to make. You will not be able to make everybody happy. You will not be able to, you know, I, I, there's probably not such a thing as a perfect run where you like win every single choice. Like you're going to have to lose a few. You focus on strength. You're not going to maybe be smart enough. If you focus on intelligence, you might not be strong yeah. enough. Like you're going to have to pick and choose, right? Well, that's choose your own adventure book. So exactly. Um, exactly. And the presentation is similar almost to the RPG time uh, game I was talking about. And the fact that it is a literal book, literally a book, literally book yes. and could be a book. Um, yeah. So first off, just to comment on this looks amazing, has crazy scores, by the way. Like if you look around, I'm looking on steam, um, like 190, from Keen Gamer, 85 from RPG, RPG Fan. Uh, yeah, so many different scores and like reviews are like awesome for it. Uh, I, I could see why. The presentation looks amazing and it's uh, it harkens back to the old school games that were like this in a book. Yeah, um, I love I love the feel of it. Like it feels like you're going through a book. It feels like it's like book plus kind of experience, which I think yeah. is really neat. Um, it's just really cool. I, I really like it so far. I think it's a great um, counterpoint to playing something like Elden Ring, where it's just like a kit back and just yes. look at a page and flip a page. It's really light, um, light in the sense that I don't have to like remember the mechanics. I'm not looking up an FAQ or anything. I'm just I'm looking at the choices they put in front of me and rolling with it. I think it's really, really well done so far. I'm really enjoying it quite a bit. So I think this one's so far. I mean, again, haven't finished it, but definitely a thumbs up. I'm picking this up like 100 percent picking up. By the way, where are you playing it? I'm playing it on PlayStation. Oh, okay, so I think I will play it on PlayStation as well. Um, real quick tangent, because this, I have to now. Um, it reminds me of those books. So a lot of people listening probably didn't play these, but I'm sure you did, I think. Not just Choose Your Adventure books, which were huge, as then I just Googled like images and it brought back all these memories. Yeah. But they would have these books, like Lone Wolf series. Uh, oh, Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf yeah. Did you play the Lone Wolf game? I, uh, oh, the video game? Yeah. Maybe? The Lone Wolf video game is very, very similar to this, and I think it's also very awesome. I love the Lone Wolf game, but yeah, it's kind of in the same bucket as this. Okay, it's... and so yeah, I'll look it up. But um, yeah, the fact that like, oh, that's right, and it has like actual combat in it in the the, the video game. It does, it does. But yeah. in the uh, the book books, they were books like like Choose Your Adventure. You would have fighting to use, fantasy, sure, yeah. You would have to use dice though, like real dice. Yes, yes. And so mm -hmm. it, it would the first page or second page would be a character sheet. And that was um, incredible to me. Like, literally mind-blown. Played so many of the Lone Wolf so games. So fucking cool. So dude. fucking Absolutely cool. cool. And yes. also, it reminded me of, because I started on the Google image search, that D&D &D had a lot of these books. Uh, and I played all of them, because I'm looking at the images right now. They're called uh, D 
Dungeons and Dragons, the endless quest books. Hmm. And look up Google Image, look at them. I play, when I see the covers, I realize that I played all of them, which means Carlos playing every video game has never stopped because I did it before they were games. Oh, fuck, dude. I played all these. Yes. Right? Cave of Time, Return, Dr- Dungeon of Dread. Played I didn't know what they were called, them. but oh my God, looking at the t- look the cover art. Right? Oh, yeah, dude. As soon as you I'm, see the cover art, like all these memories yeah. come back. Like yeah. I'm having yeah. a moment right now. We, we are deep in the nostalgia zone. Really? Right I'm now. feeling like all sorts of like, I'm, remember, I'm yes. smelling Taco Bell and the mall and like uh, Babbage's. I don't know. Oh my God, Babbage's, yeah. EB, EB. Electronics Boutique and shit. The other yes. one is um, B. Dalton. Yeah, and then there's this one I'm looking up, a, fi- a fighting fantasy game book uh, appointment with fear by Steve Jackson, who, yes. who's like Those a huge, huge, yeah, yes, yes. Okay, I'm a nostalgia run. I'm gonna stop. Life and Suffering of Sobrante looks amazing, but I'm also going to go back and I think just Amazon tonight, like a bunch of these old books. And just get those books, yes, yeah, absolutely, dude. dude. All right, yeah, thumbs up for Life and Suffering of Sobrante. So far, I'm loving it. I think it's amazing. Uh, also, check out the Lone Wolf game, which is very similar to this with a little bit more of a combat spin. Check out these Dungeons & Dragons Endless Quest books. Check out Choose Your Own Adventure. Check out Fighting Fantasy. Check out the Lone Wolf books. Seriously, though, for, for people listening who have kids, get them these books. They're called an Endless Quest book, and they sell them on Amazon, and they're like – those ones, you don't even have to have dice. It's just – I think it's like um, – kind of a D&D in that way. I'm going to order a couple of these right out, as soon as we get off the podcast. I am too. Yeah, so yeah. for people with kids, check them out. All right. Check them out. Last All right, game. so that is that. No? Last game. Last game. I am very curious because this was the surprise game that you popped on me, which is always good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love having a little surprise here and there. Actually, it's a lie. I hate surprises. <laughs> but here we are. Uh, <laughs> Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. I got to be honest with you. I played the demo and hated it, and I forgot this game even existed. And then you brought it to my attention uh, right before we started recording. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I completely forgot this game was even a thing. I forgot it was out. It was nowhere on my radar. So you did actually catch me fully by surprise. So I, I cannot wait to hear what you have to say about Stranger Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Right. It went around the Internet. It's still going around the Internet as ridiculous. Right. So the demo came out. All the cutscenes came out. Even though this build is a Final Fantasy game, uh, like I was telling you pre-podcast, it's an alternate universe version of final fantasy one right like the beginning of the final like fantasy. the nes final yeah fantasy. old school and while it has a few songs that are the same and it has some ideas and art style it feels like a final fantasy 15 when it comes to the character art uh and there's you know gems and things that are similar in that world it's you know it's a different kind of take on that what happened in the beginning four warriors of light right coming together but these are different warriors as you can tell from the cutscenes, Jack is the main character you play. He's just like all about killing chaos. And you don't even know what that means, by the way. And he just cuts people off and says like bullshit and like just really hilarious cutscenes that are just dumb. But I'm actually for that. <laughs> I'm kind of like, yeah, let's see what Final Fantasy looks like, but a dumb version. Um, so that like to me is only funny. Right, the cutscenes are funny. Okay, okay, but that's not what I went there for. I went there because as I was playing Elden Ring, sixty hours in, back to Elden Ring, I was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm still love hate relationship with Souls games, but I think I'm better at it now." I've never told you that yet, but I think after Elden Ring, I'm better at what they want me to do. You know, when it comes oh, to I, Souls, I games. would assume so. Yeah, 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 I think so. Like I get it, and I'm like better. You're learning. You're you're figuring it out. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm I'm hatefully learning. I'm <laughs> You're mad that I'm learning. Yeah. 
That's me all through high school and hate learning. Nice. But because of that, I was like, well, this is talked about as Souls-like. I did play the demo as well and didn't really like it. But I wasn't in that mindset. You know, I was like, hey, if this is not as difficult and it's got Souls-like stuff, let me see if I'm good at these now. You know, that's my main reason. Okay. So I I went in. I was all for the cutscenes, and I've watched a lot of them, and they're ridiculous. Um, I will say this. I know this is kind of all over the place, but real quick to the to the cutscene thing and him killing chaos. Man, journalism is real dumb sometimes. Lots of times media does is they find one thing that's very tweetable, and, right? And this is politics as well. And then they just like hammer it into the ground, right? So there's sure. a cutscene with him, him going like, I want to kill chaos. Yes, um, and it's a meme. Yes, it's a meme. So if I played longer, probably than most journalists, I don't know. I shouldn't say that, but I played a lot of this game already, and there's regular cutscenes in this fucking game. Like he says other things. He doesn't. Sure. He doesn't just cut off everybody and say bitch. You know. So I just want to put that out there. Like there's regular cutscenes in this game, and there's Final Fantasy moments. So it's not all that. Right. So what is what is the gameplay even? Because it seems to me just kind of like a third person brawler, basically. Well, that, like, is that about correct? Yeah, or what do you think? I'm going to get to that part now. This is the gameplay part. All right. So it the, the fact that it shares a Souls like thing is it is a third person Final Fantasy action RPG style game. Right. So similar to 15 or something running around jumping. You have two teammates or three, depending um, no, you only have two. That's right. But you can have up to more teammates. You can only bring two on the battlefield. So, you know, you're doing the same thing. You're running around. They're doing their AI moves, and you're doing your combos, etc. So there's some pros and cons. The pros are pretty awesome. The pros on the combat side, talking about gameplay, is it's really fucking fun to play. Like, it's actually really fucking fun. And going from Elden Ring, where I feel like I'm dying more times than not, uh, this one I was not dying as much, and by the way, there's difficulty level. So take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> okay. There's story, normal, and hard, I think, right? Okay. And in story mode, you can even turn another thing on that's called casual on top of story mode. All right. Which means that basically all the things that they're trying to do like a Souls-like, they kind of push those away a little bit. So if you put it on normal, this is what the game is. You're doing those action things. You're playing like Final Fantasy. You have your magic points. Your magic points are used for your combos for your weapons, though. So everything uses magic. So if you die or get hurt too much or use your magic, you can like literally like lose the ability to use magic as much. Like that max capacity goes down, which is kind of a souls thing, like punishing you for dying. And then, you know, to get it back, you've got to like kill enemies in a certain way. Um, so there's that kind of like, and then when you die, you know, or you go to a shrine type place, the enemies come back. So that's a souls like thing. Okay. So they're doing a couple things that are in souls and, uh, you know, not as good. They're doing the thing where like any enemy can sometimes kill you. You got to be smart. Uh, what's weird is in the casual mode, uh, you know, enemies are very easy, like very fucking easy. Okay. And then you go to a boss in casual mode. And you're kind of screwed. Like, it's not as easy, you know? It's like, oh, I got to actually think about patterns and stuff. Um, but it's still, like, doable. So I kept going back between casual and regular. Uh, and I don't know how I feel about that, you know what I mean? But it was kind of still fun. Like, the, here's, the, here's the, the biggest fun part of this game. The job system is fucking incredible. And what it is is every weapon you get 
it has its own job system, its own like menu, like move set. And I, we play games like this, you know, but you'll find new weapons. Just like a, it's a very loot heavy game. And as you find a new weapon, you might like open up a new job system. And now I have a halberd. Oh, I can do all these skill tree and upgrade the skill tree in the halberd, which gives me all these tons of different combos. So it's really, really fun to try a million jobs in this game. Mm. Uh, and that's like the funnest part of the game. That's it. It's funny because what you're describing is stuff that I'm all like super allergic to. I don't like anything that you just said. Well, you know what? I get why you wouldn't. But in this one, it's so like easily done. Like, let's put it this way. In two different maps, you might open up three jobs and three new weapons and already uh, have upgraded the three weapons like a, like a few ways, you know? So it's not like you're waiting to use them. It's like they're I all just, very usable. I feel like this is 100% not my jam. I mean, I see a lot of people in my timeline playing it. If you think it's fun, cool. But like, I'm just like, I'm hearing this and I'm like, nah. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. Believe me. It's not for me, which is cool. And I'm not even trying to sell you because I generally am like more mad at it than I'm happy with it. <laughs> because here's the, the couple cons. So those are the kind of positives and the fact that it's like, hey, if you want to go from a Souls game and it's a little bit easier and sure. it's like fun action and it's kind of Final Fantasy... This is your game, okay? The, okay, the makes sense. Biggest problem with this game, which is almost making me stop it, but I really like the job system. The graphics are fucked. Well, what do you? What I just you like mean? punched my chair when I said that. <laughs> so, I talked to a friend who's a, a game developer, and he told me what he thinks going is going on. But like, if you remember from the demo, some of the edges of the graphics look pixelated. Uh, if you did, I paid very really close I've, attention. I removed it all from my hard okay. drive. I don't remember anything in my so, head, nothing at all. So in the demo, it was like that. And in this final game, it's like that. We're like, you can choose between resolution or, um, you know, performance. performance. You got to do performance, yeah. though, because this game yeah. is Twitch gaming. So sure. you do that, and it, it looks like it's being rendered still. Like, the edges look wrong. And then, okay. like I said earlier, and I alluded to, the contrast is fucked. Like, it's like super neon green plant and then super dark hallway like i'm like i can't even do this like i had to turn the brightness all the way up it's weird so my friend his developer says he thinks that they didn't optimize for like a ps5 or a nice you know high-end pc so that they there's a thing you can do where you fake uh render it at a higher level of graphics why would they not do that are they are they policing this also like on ps4 or something or like what's going on no i just think that they didn't either have time or i don't know what it was but the point is he he said he says it looks sounds and looks like they don't have the optimized graphics so they're trying to fudge them and by fudging it there's a thing you can do within development which basically makes it look like a little bit better but it like looks like it's being like rendered still it's fucked up, man. Like it's like weird that it's released like so it this. just it just looks like ass, basically. It looks bad. Yeah, it looks really okay. fucking bad. Okay. And then at times, like the character design's cool, and like my my uh, costume is cool, and like you know my new loot I just found is cool. But it's almost like I'd rather have them look like a PS2 game mm-hmm. with like cell shaded or something, and then I would be happy with it. But like right now, it's just the graphics are fucked, and it's really fun, in my opinion, to play like moment to moment. So that's my confusing review of this confusing game. Um, I really like the job system. I like the moment-to-moment gameplay a lot, actually. But I'm, like, so turned off by the graphics. Is this pretty analogous to something like a Devil May Cry, would you say? No, it's more like Final Fantasy XV. It's like Final Fantasy XV with Souls. Perfectly, that's a good mixture of what it's like. 
All right. Like you're All running right. around doing like, you know, your teammates, you're talk they're talking to you. It feels like Final Fantasy 15. But then you're like, "Oh, I died really fast there." And that feels like Dark Souls. So, <laughs> it feels like and you know, or the boss is like, "Here's a pattern with the boss." Sure. And I feel like in Final Fantasy you could brute force bosses, you know? Uh just hit him with enough damage and this one like I didn't dodge the horse guy and so I died a lot. So, it literally is trying to be Dark Souls. I don't think it's pulling it off fully. But it's still fun, and the graphics are fucked. Interesting. There's my confusing right. review. Carlos's confusing review. I am definitely not going to play this. Yeah. This is just not my jam, so I'm going to nope out. I got tons of other stuff to play. So uh, I have no comment, but it sounds like it's kind of a mixed bag. Are you going to keep uh, putting time into this, or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, right now, like tonight, we just talked about it. I have Elden Ring on the mind, so... I will come back to it. I really think I will. And I maybe there's a patch at some point they'll just like put it back down to like I don't know, PS3 graphics. I'd be fine with that. It's just whatever they're trying to do, they failed. You know, like we always say, the game is always best 6 months after release. I'm sure you come back to it. I know, better. it's in my library. I just put it I'll just redownload it. There you go. All right, folks, that is going to do it. Uh that is a show. Uh a show. as always, as always, thank you for listening and we would love to get your questions and comments. Would love it. Please send them in. Hit us up. Questions, comments, thoughts, feedback, anything. I guarantee we will read it. Hit us up, SoVideoGamesPodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter as a show, at SoVideoGames, but you can reach us individually, and that works really well. Carlos, where can we direct your traffic this week? At Onawa, O-N-A-W-A on Twitter, and also at Carlos Rodella, R-O-D-E-L-A on TikTok. There's going to be a new Elden Ring sketch that I'm doing right now. I'm editing it right now. Oh, and shit. I'm very excited. I'll tell you after the podcast really quick what it's about. Very excited. By the time this show goes up, I think it'll be up. So check out that. Is it like an Elden Ring guy goes into Starbucks? No, that, that I wish that was an idea I had. Free idea. You can have that okay, one. Okay, but this one's, this one's, I think, better. I'll tell you after. Okay, all right. As for me, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. Uh, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 276. Thank you all again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos. And I'm going to go buy a bunch of RPG books on Amazon right now. So, so are you, I think.